lemonade, iced tea, or Hawaiian punch? Are we making this ourselves? <sighs> you know I need specificity. Okay, specify me this. How are you making your own Hawaiian punch? They have packets for that. But that's not making it... No, no, no. Okay, hold on. Hold the phone. I'm not going to buy my own Hawaiian punch. I'll just make it myself. Right. You, so you're going to sit there and chemically synthesize all of the Thank you, science man. Yeah, if I'm going to bother science, having Kyle. it... <laughs> if I'm going to bother having anything, I'm going to make it from scratch myself. Yeah, I'm going to I don't trust Big Brother, do you? If it comes down to the choice of, oh, hey, I want to spend my entire evening, like, grinding down grain for flour. What 20-year-old chooses Hawaiian punch anyway? I don't know. Maybe someone really, really, really likes Hawaiian punch. They're out there, I'm sure, man percent. Are you speaking from experience? (laughs) No, I'm not speaking from experience. It's a semi-related drink. out there. Dang it, I I keep reaching for the X Files theme and but what started to happen was all of a sudden Nope, 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 nope. That's Not the wrong right. scene. I'm just really looking forward to all of the gross Kool-Aid mustaches people are gonna send us like pictures they're gonna send us. So, Ashley, is that a vote for Hawaiian Punch then? N- no. Though I am saying I just found a recipe for my own, so y'all can just like take a step back. Oh, no. <laughs> what what is the recipe? I want to know how you are distilling this sugary nightmare. Because it, it's just sugar and red food coloring. <laughs> <laughs> she makes a fair point. Three cups water, two cups pine- pineapple juice, one and a half cups Kern's guava nectar. I'm sure you can find any sort of guava nectar at your local food Probably. store. Uh, two tablespoons orange juice, a half a cup of apple juice, half a cup of Kern's mango nectar, two tablespoons Kern's apricot. Well, they're real big fans of Kern's. Six totally. tablespoons this of granulated six <laughs> tablespoons gran- granulated sugar. So on top of all of those fruit juices, you still need more sugar, and then a fourth teaspoon of red food coloring, which they say mm. is optional if you don't want the red stained smile. So if you don't want to look like a monster, but you want to act like one. Drink this sugary substance. (laughs) (laughs) So what it sounds to me like is you're saying that you want to vote for Hawaiian Punch. No, I don't. Okay. So then what is your vote? I'm going to upset our Southern contingent because I like iced tea, but I don't like it sweetened. Mm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I so, like. I'll put a lemon in it, and I'm good. So you're That's not. All as, I need now. I I should say that sweet tea gives me a headache. All right. I mean, that's I can understand that because it has happened to me as well. But it's just like Hawaiian punch, except brown. I think our southern contingent is going to get very angry at that. I'm going to get dog poop on our front doorstep. Most likely. (laughs) Kyle. 
I, you know, if it's if it's really good, well brewed, like I don't know what the process is called. So I'm steeped? also going to get some. Yeah, not well, you mean brewed when you let it sit in a glass jar in the sun. Sun tea. Sun tea. Sun tea. Okay, so sun tea, I guess, is the thing that I'm talking about. That uh, all day long, all day every day. Glorious, fabulous awesomeness. Also unsweetened because sweet tea is just not, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I definitely, I'm not a big fan of Hawaiian punch either. There's very particular times. I mean, So but- hold on, let me get this straight. All <laughs> this crap you gave me about a drink you don't even actually take stock in. Yep. Welcome to Minmax. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Noted. Um, of the two remaining, um, I specified iced tea, and personally speaking, I put iced tea and sweet tea in two different categories. Oh, you do now. I do. do. Oh, so, interesting. if I had specifically specified, interesting how you specify for yourself, not for the yeah. people that you. <laughs> You didn't ask a clarification on tea, thank you very much. <laughs> Step uh, off. I specified <laughs> for all three drinks, good sir. You specified whether you were making yourself. Generally speaking, right, so I was trying to suggest... examine on how on earth you were making Hawaiian punch yourself. <laughs> right, but clearly you scienced, an for you. You, you scienced yourself into an answer there. I, didn't, I just Googled it. Google is science. Someone made it. It is science. Oh, that's the definition of science? You make a thing, science. Okay, I'll remember that next time I pick up a canvas or a journal. Both of which have been made through science. This is like that that anime meme with the kid with the butterfly. Is art science? (laughs) Does a collage is science? (laughs) (laughs) um i think i would have to vote lemonade freshly uh freshly squeezed tart iced uh the closer to i prefer hot lemonade myself i'm sure there's someone (laughs) though i will say hot lemonade when you've got a sore throat is delightful like warm warming it up and using that (laughs) 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 maybe i'm weird but i like the way that that feels uh, when I'm sick. That's like that video hot Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to link people in the show notes on that one to understand what we're talking about. It's a, a deep cut that I did not create myself because I'm not a scientist. I'm glad we have cleared this up. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is episode 47 of the MinMax podcast. I got it right this time, guys. And Kyle, I do formally have to admit... You were correct. I said the yes. wrong number last week. I will own that. I did that thing. That is all. That is the only revision you will hear me make. I make no. I make no That's promises. Fine. I, I'm fine with that. It's good. I was right. That's all I heard. That's all I needed <laughs> to know. <laughs> that voice you heard. The other male voice, other than mine, the other one, than the mine. other male voice, the other male voice, the one with the sweet, sweet, sultry tones. Did you make your voice deeper just now? I did. This is my announcer voice. Sweet, sweet, sultry tones. Kyle. That is Kyle. Hi, I'm Alan. The other voice in this trio 
of goodness is Ashley Mowers. I thought you forgot my name for a second. <laughs> dramatic pause. Dramatic so pause. many problems. <laughs> so many problems with that. Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? Who are oh, you? Wow. It was right directly into my eardrum. It's like you stabbed it. <laughs> yep. With a nice pick. You and everybody else who listens to this. So hope everyone enjoyed me assaulting your ear holes. Woohoo! So this is episode 47. We got a I little... Mean, they've been doing it for 47 episodes. It's so... true. It, They're it just is... not bleeding out of their skulls by now. <laughs> so we actually got some feedback this week that uh, I, need to, I need to do a bit of a dramatic reading as this happened, though, because this was very <laughs> funny because I this woke so up... Good. I woke up in the morning... Not feeling like P. Diddy, but woke up in the morning feeling uh, just, it was like 6.50, 7 o'clock, so I wasn't quite fully at my faculties yet. Not quite at P. Diddy status. Yes, exactly. And uh, it was pre-go-juice, so I had not yet made the coffees, so I was still a little bit not my sharpest. So when I saw this quick preview come up... If you guys have ever used like Gmail on your phone, you can see a quick snippet, but you don't get to see the whole email. So let me read to you what I read, and then I'll give you my reaction. <laughs> so what I read was, so I'm finally starting to listen, and I'm sorely disappointed in your narrowly limited... That's what I saw when I first saw it, and I had a, I had to stop for a hot second, and I kind of sat up a bit. I was like, "We got our first negative review. Yes, it finally <laughs> happened." And they're gonna assault us for like narrow mindedness, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun." Only you. And then I opened the email. So I finally started to listen, and I'm sorely disappointed in your narrowly limited definition of potato chips. Lays, Ruffles, and Pringles are all variations on grease and salt. What about a good kettle chip, like cake cod? And that's from Leslie. And so that's that's our friend Leslie, who's started going through the backlog. So, Leslie, thank you for the comment. And in my own defense, I was specifically operating within the family of greasy, salty potato chips. That was the very particular reason I was making people decide on brands. It just it astounds me that... With all of the topics that we cover throughout this podcast, the ones we keep receiving feedback about, critical feedback, (laughs) ampersands, critical feedback, are on root beer and potato chips. Don't forget the apples. Don't forget the apples. And apples. And apples. But I still hear it from my family about the potato chips. (laughs) Well, I think it's slightly comical because I went with my mom. They had apple trees that they had planted in their yard, and one of them died. So I went with my mom this weekend to go pick up another one, and we were sitting there looking at them. And <laughs> she, they were talking about she was talking about getting another crab apple tree, and we were standing right there, and there were Honeycrisp apples or Honeycrisp <laughs> apple tree. And I was like, "But what about this one, though?" So sure enough, I talked my mom into buying a Honeycrisp yes! apple tree. <laughs> That is the <sighs> deepest of cuts. Like, See, that is the and physical when we eventually, man- when we eventually have our own con, we can have it under the shade of that apple there tree. There you go. Yes, for the all of five people who show up, man- they can exactly. just come hang we out. We won't in have my to hire any any food yard. trucks or caterers or anything. Just be like, nope. Just eat off just this pick tree. An apple, and- guys. 
but don't eat that treat. Those are crab apples. They're gross. <laughs> I mean, like, more power to you, challenge accepted, but... <laughs> well... I mean, if you really want to test enough. your constitution score in a very, very real way, go ahead and chomp down on the crab apple trees and enjoy right. what happens. It could but... be a competition for swag. <laughs> There you go. I don't want to know what we name Hunger it. Games. I don't know what we want to name that competition, though. Crab apple nightmares. No, I just told you the Hunger Games. <laughs> the hungriest of games. That's what we'll call it. The hungriest of games. Mm-hmm. So there you go, man. Percents. You get the. We've got the whole con thing figured out. Just give us. I don't know a week. How long does it take to plan this? Oh dear. <laughs> I mean, you know, send a few emails, texts, put it on Facebook, make a Facebook evite. Yeah, that's well, like and it might really all that goes to, into it, right? You know, give my get my parents permission to give their address to a bunch of random strangers. <laughs> no, we'll just like all show up like Woodstock. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Woodstock in my parents' backyard. <laughs> Woo! Every '90s kid dream. Of hearing <laughs> right. uh, hearing from parents and people who were alive in that time of all the amazingness that was that was Woodstock. I I had to learn this from a history book. I never heard any firsthand stories about Woodstock. I don't know yeah, that I, I ever heard firsthand either. stories either, but I heard like second or third or fourth hand stories about it. So how many hands did people you know? Some have. people don't. Some people aren't limited to your tiny mindset of. What hands My limited are. definition of limbs. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, we've established I'm no scientist because I didn't make people, but. <laughs> limited definition of limbs may very well be the episode title for this one. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Well, that, maybe we should get to our topic. Yes, I think maybe. so. Ashley, do you want to intro us? Uh, yeah, you know what? I can do that. So we were just talking about various gaming concepts, and we've covered quite a quite a few at this point. But one that I've heard a lot of discussion about recently, um, somewhat in the D and D five E, you know, Facebook group, and then in a few other places, has been the concept of uh, difficulty or challenge rating in games, and. Uh, when you're setting up a game for players, kind of trying to set up what their expectations are for the encounter, uh-huh. which made me think about video games because there are some games that like you and Kyle will play and play at certain difficulty settings that I'm just like, I, I have no interest in, in trying at this, to be honest. But then there are games that I will play and Alan will be like, why in the world would you keep beating your head against the wall with this? And one game I am infinitely fascinated by that I have no experience playing whatsoever is Cuphead. I've just heard a ton about it, and I've watched a few Let's Plays, so I get the gist. It's like a a side-scrolling sort of platformer where where there's a map, and and it's co-op as well, and it's got this really beautiful kind of um, unsettling hand-drawn art if you were like to imagine steamboat willie the mickey mouse cartoon okay yeah yeah that but like in color um that's the kind of art involved and it the 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 name cuphead the characters are two like teacup headed 
Imagine like cartoon. a cartoon. I think I've seen like bits and pieces of the art for it okay. at the very least. Imagine a creepy chip. Gameplay, though. Say that again? I said imagine a creepy chip from Beauty, oh. Beauty oh, and the yeah, Beast. For, yeah, okay. Yeah, After yeah, our yeah. conversation about potato yep. chips, I'm like, no, there are no potatoes in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but The creepiest of chips. The creepiest of chips. Um, but yeah, so... You're you're basically just fighting your way through this whole thing, and it's being discussed as being like the newest of the hard games, um, those games that you kind of just want to prove that you've beaten, so you have some sort of you know title in this winner circle. But sure. gamers are now complaining that it's too hard and too exclusive, that they can't get through all the levels and there's there's no cheat there's no run around there's no work around or anything if you mm-hmm. cannot beat a level you will not get ahead in the game period so the conversation that's that's being discussed is um are you owed the fact of finishing a game simply because you bought it mm-hmm. so that's something that i've been thinking about a lot is you know just because you bought a game are you owed being able to make it to the end of that game and i haven't really come up with a an answer, and I was just curious what you guys thought about that. I have lots of thoughts on that, honestly, um, because I, I know I'm not a developer by any means, but I know enough about it to have a rough idea of some of the man hours and things that it takes to put these type of things together. And um, as I'm sure you, more people do, I don't know why I feel like I'm having to qualify my statement there. I don't feel like you're entitled to it at all. I think if you don't have enough skill, when when you specifically sign on and go to buy a game that is said to be quite hard, and you don't have the skill or the chops to actually either figure out the puzzles or have the hand-eye coordination or the, frankly, being willing to put in the time to get good enough to do it, you aren't entitled to the ending. You're entitled to the experience of learning how to play this game, and that's half of what the fun of video games is, is especially in something that is precision-based or is something that takes skill and practice to do. It's like someone... It's like someone... I'm going to relate this to Dark Souls. Everyone knows my love affair with this game. Um, but if you think you're going to walk into Dark Souls and win in like a very short amount of time, y'all got another thing coming. Like, that is a rough riding. You're going to die a lot. And frankly, it's really easy that you could give up on that game if you wanted, or if you weren't someone who was willing to put in the time and the effort, because you're going to dump 60, 80, 90 hours into this game before you get done with it to be good and to be able to go to its fullest ability. So, no, I don't think you're entitled to finish the ending. And especially if you're whining about people or about the developers making something too hard, get better. But it, okay, <laughs> I feel like that's yeah, overly it, harsh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I, my gameist is coming okay, out. So clearly, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I I'm about to. Uh, well, let me just get into this for a second. I'm I'm going to start with the caveat of I don't entirely disagree with you, and part of what I'm about to say is me just playing devil's advocate. So I'm going to be clear on that first and foremost. But. Secondly, <laughs> that comes off as like super elitist gamist. Like <laughs> it's so like it's so bad on some level because the reality is like 
I'm going to go here. Just just go with me. Like that assumes everyone is capable of the same skill level. And I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, turn this on its head and, and become exclusionary in the way that I'm. Sure, I get this. you. But, you know, for some reason, the first thing that comes up, you know, for me is, you know, what about someone who, you know, has autism or Down syndrome or something like that, who wants the experience of this game, right, but might not be able to, you know, develop their skills to that extent. Or even, you know, a young kid who's playing the game who might not be able to, to you know, hone their skills to that extent. And, you know... The argument can be made, okay, most of these games aren't designed for young kids, but there is the pushback, and again, I'm just playing it devil's advocate. Sure, I got gotcha. you. Of, is it entirely fair to exclude some people from that process just because they're not as competitive as others? It, it, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that's what it comes down to, because, like, for me... If it comes to a really harsh, you know, intense competitive game, like like Pokemon nowadays... Like, I'd love to do some online battling, except for I don't want to do all this crazy EV-IV breeding nonsense. I just want to <laughs> raise my Pokemon and go have a fight. Like, I don't want to have to think about it. I play Pokemon because I need something mindless to do, not because I need to, like, fine-tune every minor mathematical detail. I get that, but I feel like Pokemon is is a broad enough type game that it's what you make it. You don't have, you, you know, oh, it's... Sure. it's you don't need to go and do all the insane breeding now in Pokemon. That sounds so weird to say out loud because I, I know, right? you know, like red and yellow were the two that I played. And then suddenly someone gave me a Nintendo DS and whatever the most recent one is. I can't even remember. Sun, moon, star, yes. horseshoe, whatever. Um, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, just something along those lines. And I'm just like, wait, what do you mean that I have a camera in this game now so I can <laughs> yeah. just play Pokemon Snap if that's all I want to do? So like now it's so broad, you can right. kind of do whatever you want with Pokemon. Um, I I do think that you bring up another interesting question, though, in in that are all games meant to be for all people all the time? Right. Who who is it the audience is for? And and the article the article that I was kind of pulling some of my information or, or for discussion on was from was just a polygon article about this discussion on difficulty. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about the wording of this conversation was was this. I'm just gonna read a, a quote. Um, Video games are one of the only means of expression where you have a pass of some you have you have to pass some test before seeing the rest of the experience what the seeing the rest of what the experience has to offer. No one asks you to solve a logic problem before reading the last page of a book, nor are there many art galleries that ask you a quiz about the paintings that you saw in the last room before you can get to the next one. Which I'd kind of actually be okay with. Um, yeah, that, that would be that. That would be an interesting experience, to say the least. Yeah, um, but I do find it interesting that they call video games a means of expression, because I don't know what I'm particularly expressing when I play Super Meat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah, well, and it's it's hard, I think, with video games because so much of the the creative design aspect, you know, depending on what kind of game you're playing, you know, most video games, especially if they're very narrative driven, are pretty railroady in the sense of there's like right. one path that you can follow through a level yeah. with a few like side areas you might be able to discover. Exactly, that's kind of why I gave up the Telltale hard. games because I was just like, oh, oh, okay, all roads lead to the same kind of conclusion here. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that was actually one of my biggest frustrations, the railroadiness, if we're going there, uh, from one of the games that I really enjoyed and put a ton of hours into last year, uh, Fallout 4. Is oh, yeah. Because there are definitely specific moments when, uh, I'm going to get a little bit spoilery here, uh, so just hang tight. Um, but to be fair, I think you've done that with Fallout 4 before. So. Uh, true, I think I have. But um, I... Oh shoot! It was on the it was in the Brotherhood uh, quest line, and uh, the paladin that originally brought you into the fold and helped you get your armor turns out to be uh, a synth, and mm. um, they come to execute him, and they tell you to, and they basically choose to let you do it or not do it, and you either make an enemy or you make a friend out of the Brotherhood. I think I think mm. it's the Brotherhood. I think it'd be in there, right? And yeah. so I specifically like um decided, no, I don't want I don't want the I don't want Paladin Lan uh Paladin Lance? Dance? Dance. dance? Yes, Paladin Dance. Okay. Thank you. Um yep. I don't want him to die, and so I turned and I shot the other guy. And then Paladin Dance got up and killed me. Uh- <laughs> and so and then I turned around and did it the other way and that there was there was no way that I did not end up just going down the storyline that they wanted me to go and I was mm. so pissed I actually quit the game that day because yeah. I was pissed well, off yeah and that's especially for a game that's designed to be so open world like that and that you know I'm trying to think if there's a, a an equivalent of that in Skyrim um I'm sure if I think about it long enough, I'd eventually come up with something. But yeah, like especially in a game that's designed to be go where you want, do what you want, be who you want to be. And then all of a sudden, except for this circumstance in which you have to be this all the time, no matter what. Sorry. Yeah, it it just frustrated me to no end. Yeah, I, I think the only games in which there's really any sort of self-expression are the, you know... MMORPGs where you have guilds and you create your own character and you have, you know, typically you're looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm chasing bunny rabbits I'm around of my like head. Elder Scrolls <laughs> where you make your own character and you actually communicate with people and you decide what you want to do. Like, sure, the narrative's a little thin because everyone's doing kind of the same stuff unless you decide to like kind sure. of craft right. entirely the whole game. I guess one of the things that came to mind for me was Mass Effect a little bit, and that the expression of your choices end up dictating how your character is received throughout the rest of the universe. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that goes game to game to game. Mm-hmm. And so the right. choices that you make and the moral or lack of moral decisions that you make actually come to play out in how your character is treated throughout the rest of the universe. And so that kind of comes to mind a little bit on that. But to kind of circle back around a little bit to the question that you posed, Kyle, Ashley, um, is do games have to be the same thing? Do they have to be for all people? And I want them to be. 
yeah, I would love for that to be something that that can that can be for everybody. But I mean, I'm going to be honest. Games like Dark Souls, they have one difficulty level. Yeah, and it's beat your head against the wall hard. There is right. no and other. And there, there, there's a cult following to that game. It's yeah. not like it's hurting for buyers. Yeah, and it's like it's like playing hardcore in uh, Diablo. You play with one character, and you have one life to live, and mm. that's it. And when it's gone, it's gone, and you lose all the armor that you're carrying. It does not go back into your inventory. You just lose it. And no matter how many hours you put into it, you're going to lose that character, and that can be devastating. But at the same point, that's kind of what you sign on for. And so... I... No, I, I'm with you, though, because I th- I think I think where I... The perspective that I come into this is, and not to say that classes are games, though sometimes I utilize games in class. Um, <laughs> you know, if a student doesn't pass my class, I don't, they don't get to take the next class up just to experience it by virtue of them having just sure. experienced my class and didn't do well in it, you know, they have to pass my class first. And again, not the same sort of circumstances in that case, but just because they paid for the class doesn't mean they get to go on just by virtue of having paid the school money to take the class. They have to actually do the work to get there. So I guess I I take the same approach with games as well. Sure, you paid for the game, but you, you purchased a game knowing the experiences to try to win something. Yeah. And so doesn't it cheapen the product by then just handing it to you? I think there should be a point. There should be a clarification point here too. That is really important uh, before we go too much further on this is it's one thing. If the game on delivery is broken, if the game itself, if, if the game has not been, if it has been designed poorly and level structure and things have been designed poorly, and no one can win. Oh, sure. That's different. That's different. Right. And I want to make sure that we're just justifying, or that we're specifically saying that, because I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Forza came out, and uh, I think it was Project Cars, uh, oh, and when no they idea. first came out, they were train wrecks. Like, the games were, uh, I think specifically Project Cars was a train wreck. It was That's- what is Project Cars? Uh, it sounds so it's boring. It's a Gran Turismo knockoff, yeah, essentially. If anyone's, if anyone is a huge <laughs> um, Project Cars fan, sorry guys, it's Gran Turismo. Turismo's been doing it for like 25 years, and they just came on the market in like late 2010. Like they're in this decade. If we so. could get somebody who's super into car racing games to just, we can interview them so I can understand what the appeal <laughs> is, um, I don't get it. And I played Need for Speed growing up. That's the extent. Yeah. It's kind of the, the same boat I've been in. Although, I did find on GOG this weekend, Episode 1 Racer, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. Nice. PC. And now I'm like, oh, bought that. Gonna have to sink <laughs> some hours into that guy again, because that's a great game. But that's a world that you appreciate. There's no, right. like... Cars world that I'm like, yes, I'm super into this racetrack with all of its (laughs) enigmatic characters that I want to get to know over time. Well, in theory, at least because I actually I do like racing games. I just don't have the setup to play said racing games. And that's a Mm. difference because that's a whole nother setup. Um, The cars themselves become the characters because they do different things. 
This isn't a Disney movie. They don't talk to you. <laughs> no, but if you're a gearhead and you understand some of the more uh, some of the finer mechanics of what adding different spoilers and what adding different types of tires and what changing particular components under the hood of the car does to the actual performance of said car, and you can do that. Speaking without, of actual science, without yeah, exactly <laughs> without having to actually put down the money other than the game to be able to get a semi realistic experience depending on how good of money you sink into the pedals and the steering wheel and that can actually simulate some of the g-forces but then you start getting into your approach to characters and my approach to characters is (laughs) wildly different because the car is the character i'm like you don't develop a relationship with it (laughs) my strange addiction would say otherwise (laughs) we're not going there it was a one-time mistake episode that we should have never watched. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, we're referencing the My Strange Addiction where the where the person married their car. Or tried to. I don't think they actually succeeded. Nope. And yes, hmm. it was it's it was, a very odd episode. I'm gonna leave it there because you can imagine where that goes and it goes exactly where you think it's going to go. So we're just gonna keep we're just gonna walk on by and kind of put blinders up and pretend like I didn't say anything else about this that will not be linked in the show notes and anyway you can, google that. You can put up an incognito tab and just google that yourself <laughs> so where was i headed before we got down the serious cars tangent? you're building Holy cars um nope i had a thought before that and then i don't remember Crap. We we got off on the whole question of, you know, games being for all people thing, and then somehow we got from that to cars. I don't remember how we got there. Um anyway. Um I mean it's not like we could go back and listen to the backlog or anything. No, so we nope. better just keep going. We, we've we established this. About. We do not do this. We do not do this. We record <laughs> live to tape. Live to tape. We do not Always circle back. Completely never. No, no, we stop no. frequently, but that's okay. Um, you'll never know. Um, but I don't think games are designed to be for all people. And frankly, I don't think they should be. Because one, that that puts an awful handicap on the developers who want to make something that's really hard and make the experience of having the, getting the desired outcome out of the game. Uh, oh, that's how we got here. Talking about broken games. There we go. And I mentioned Project Cars. And that's how we got there. Okay, yep, figured yep. it out. Didn't even have to go back. <laughs> um, and I just derailed myself again. again. Wow. <laughs> you were saying that we games so do not this, have guys. to be all things to all people. Yeah. Essentially, it, when you start putting those kind of handicaps on developers saying you have to make this playable by the absolute novice to the expert, it takes some of the challenge out of it. At least to me. Like I like there being very limited challenge levels so and sometimes even when there are multiple challenge levels going from easy to really hard um i'll intentionally play a game on the hardest level so i I think back to when i did my playthrough of bioshock infinite and um they'd specifically i'd read and heard that that was one that you want to play on the hardest difficulty level not not the 1999 one where you have one life and that's it and if you die, you're dead, and then you have to restart the whole game. But um, I played it on the hardest difficulty level, and it was it was a tough game. And I it, I felt like a major achievement and accomplishment when I actually got through 
to the end and had that very trippy moment with all the lighthouses. It was it was really worth putting all that time into the game. And I think for me that's part of where I really enjoy about this whole idea is that games aren't always meant to be easy and they're not always meant to be accessible. The desire should be to have that, but it in reality it does it can't always be that. Yeah, I I I because I know we're we're kind of circling back on some conversations we had when we were talking about narratives uh-huh. and whether they should be all things to all people all the time. Um, so I think that gaming, you know, if we're going to be representing characters, sure. Accessibility, I've seen some games out there. I'm going to have a hard time coming up with titles that have played with the conventions of accessibility. So like the actual skill challenges and things you have to do were geared towards people with physical disabilities or some sort of like mental handicap in some regard that have been really interesting and specifically geared towards people with that to kind of shed light on an issue Uh to make Mm. you more aware of what's being experienced. And I think that is incredible. Oh, absolutely. Um, Vice versa though, if you're marketing a game I'm just, I'm wondering if there's some way to create challenge ratings. I don't know because I'm not a game developer where there would be a specific type of setting where if you know the content was safe enough, you could have a kid's mode Um, or, but, but then again, you'd have to, that would still be rewarding people who don't want to try. So right. maybe there's another version of the game that you could see. I, this is where I, I get really caught up in, you know, as far as challenge ratings and things are concerned right. in gaming, you know, I'm, I'm more with Alan in the sense of, okay, if you want a challenging game, you're going to have to fight for it. That's, that's the experience you purchased. If you don't want a hard game, right. don't purchase this game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a reason why when I was a kid and I got to a hard level on Sonic the Hedgehog, I'd be like, okay, dad, your turn. Yeah, you're like, right. You know, because I because I <laughs> the, wanted to see what would 90s happen. Kid problem, right? Yeah, like I like, wanted no, to see what happened. I wanted to see the me, art. Please. I wanted to see the world, but I don't want to do it myself because I didn't want right. to get upset or scared. In my case, because there were sometimes don't you stop it, stop it, stop it. You're stressing me out. That was the water level sound effect. When I get stressed out, my Wisconsin accent comes in, and I can't do that today. Yeah, well, it, you know, to pick up that thread, and and like I said at the beginning of my little rant there, I don't disagree either. And I think, the, you know, it's tough. It is a tough issue. And it's, it's you know, we're all kind of doing this as we're talking our way around it um, and, and kind of running up against those walls. But I think the reality at this point is there is so much content out there. Mm-hmm. There is something for you somewhere. One with hope, so much yeah you know, mindfulness around so many of these issues now, so much awareness growing that even if they don't exist yet, there's a pretty high likelihood that they will soon, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, okay. So dark souls isn't super accessible to me, but you know, I don't know what an easier equivalent of dark souls would be, but that game might be, you know? And, And so it just seems like, with the amount of content that's there, there is something ultimately for for pretty much everybody. So even if the experience isn't exactly what you're looking for, you know, I, I think the other part of the problem here is 
we're idealistic in the sense of we want everyone to have kind of the full experience of life and and to you know just have access to whatever they want to but they're you know that's a reality of life too that it that doesn't work that way mm-hmm. you know i mean just in a, a silly sense like I would really, really like to play Horizon Zero Dawn because I've heard it's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. I would really like to play the new Spider-Man game that's coming out in like September, but both of those games are only available on PS4. And I'm like, I'm tempted, not going to lie, to go out and buy a PS4 because I could do it, but I don't play that many video games, so I really can't justify spending that much money on just to play these two games on a right. PS4. So at the end of the day, I'm like... Okay, so I just let go of those experiences. Oh well, yeah. you know, and and that's reality of life. There are just times and things that we just we can't do. So you have to settle for what you can. And frankly, that's where things like Twitch come in, or you or Mixer or YouTube Gaming. Insert your online streaming service where you can actually still. You might not be the person in the driver's seat. But you can still have, you see the driving pun that I did there? Mm, yeah. uh, a, it might not be the person um, actually playing the game, but you can sure still experience it along with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where something like a, a Dark Souls equivalent or something of the ilk, another one that comes to mind that actually isn't really hard, but is one of the, is that same type of gamist mentality is <laughs> Slime Rancher. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a love affair with Slime Rancher, guys. But um, it's one of those things that it's it's relatively easy until you start getting in towards the some of the outer uh, farms. But that I'm getting off into the weeds a little no, bit. No, Slime Rancher is an interesting example of the phenomenon you are discussing. <laughs> <laughs> Did not you can tell by coming. the exuberant enthusiasm in her voice. Well, here's the thing. I was the reason that we downloaded that game in the first place. And I thought, oh, this is fun. Oh, I'm yep. actually pretty good at this. Not a problem. Uh, but then it started being demanded that I play it regularly. <laughs> and not not by people that were following me on Twitch. By Alan himself. Yep. Uh, to which I finally just said, would you like to build your own slime ranch? Because <laughs> there's, you know, it's fun for a little while, but then going on hour four or five, you get real mm. tired of that background music really quickly. Yeah, sure. It's kind of like the the same thing with Animal Crossing, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is fun and cool. Like every once in a blue moon, I'd love to go on and play Animal Crossing. Except for if I play it once in a blue moon, my town is trashed. Yep. And what the hell am I ever going to recover from this? Like my sister and I loved Animal Crossing, and we would end up just wiping our towns over and over again every time we <laughs> wanted to play because it was like, I don't want to deal with the mess. I just want to play this game and enjoy it. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm thinking, too, about, you know, being accessible for those with autism or Down syndrome and, you know, having difficulty, you know, ratings varied for accessibility. But in thinking about it, you know, from what I, the, the little experience I've had aiding in, cla- in, in special needs classrooms, mm. what I remember is that those with some form of autism Typically, something that's difficult or, 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 you know, has a specified set of rules or a world that they can really get into, they will, you know, really fixate on. And if it's something that they really want to be invested in, they will be the most invested in that thing. So, you know, there would be the kids that they, you know, they would probably be the most invested in Cuphead and get to the end before 
everybody else because they will have seen patterns that no one else would have bothered to pick up on because they wouldn't be nearly as invested in the game. Right. And then vice versa, you know, someone with Down syndrome just may or may not be particularly interested in a game like that. It's right. just not something that they would be particularly geared towards. So I think that's something else that needs to be considered when it comes to accessibility um, in in skill levels with gaming is just really what would be of the interest of the consumer themselves. And I guess yeah. I think that's why I still get stuck on, you know, if a, if a game is hard, just let it be hard. Because if you know a game is notoriously difficult and you still decide to purchase it, okay, well, then you you have an idea of what you're getting into. Right. You've yeah. And that, there's that, that conscious choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's just kind of where, I, where I'm stuck. It was a valid question, though, because now I'm thinking about other ways in which other games could be built to be more accessible. Because there's even, right. I can't remember the woman's name, but she, I think she has, I think she has cerebral palsy and she plays Minecraft, but she has to direct it like with her, her face. She has mm. some sort of directional camera where she moves all the blocks and everything with her face. And I think her eyes specifically, huh. which I thought was really incredible. And she loves mm. the game and she's she builds these amazing, you know, structures in the game. But, you know, she liked the game so much that they made sure to create something for her to be able to participate in that. Um, so I think there are a lot of other ways as far as like accessories that would maybe make something that is a difficult game more accessible for people who maybe don't have like the de- the physical dexterity to play otherwise. Right, right. I think that's the kind of like sort of creative ingenuity I'm looking forward to in game development in general is just mm-hmm. the actual like video gaming mechanics, you know, accessories. I'd be really curious to see how that develops. Definitely. So, hey, I did realize we did miss a little bit of uh, housekeeping right up front. And oh. before we closed out, I wanted to make sure that we circled back around to this. We got a phone call. Yes, we uh, did. Oh, that's right. Alistair McNair uh, <laughs> chimed in again. And so uh, you guys can hear that here right about now. Hey, y'all. Yes, you can play that. Alistair uh, again. Um, I'm in the middle of listening to episode 46, and y'all had that discussion on uh, subtle depravity. And I have, I have always thought that uh, the the kind of key point of subtle depravity is that man without God isn't capable of good. But and so it's that without God, and so like because of his influence, we are capable of good. But on our own, we are not. And so I feel like that point didn't really get brought up at all, is that man on their own is incapable after the fall of having any good out of them. But, like, God working in either the saved or the unsaved is how we actually, like, can have good in the world. Because God is not limited one way or another. But anyway, thanks, y'all. Alistair, thank you for chiming back in. Now, I do want to make a quick point here in that uh, I... I hear exactly what you're saying uh, with regards to your discussion on total depravity. And that's actually where I was trying to head towards, but then I got bandit jumped on the road by two overeager uh, co-hosts who I'm jumped sorry. in before I could fully flesh out my thoughts. I'm, I'm sorry. Not. <laughs> Banditry! Yeah, you don't... 
<laughs> you have to share a bed with him after this. Ambush, I have to be. Ambush. Ambush. <laughs> Never mind. I'm with Gal. Ambush. 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 Stop it. Enough. But no, Alistair, you raise you raise a really good point there. Uh uh with regards to that's uh I believe it's and guys correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe that is the uh the actual uh teaching of uh or at least the more one of the more popular views of total depravity is that apart from God, we are not capable of good, but it is through God's goodness that we see um goodness in the world at all. I think that's one of the more popular ways to yeah, yeah, interpret a, a that uh the, that theological idea. Yeah, I mean those who think critically about that concept, yes. Uh there are those who don't think as deeply into that. Sure. So they just leave it at you know, we're depraved and that's all the further you'll go, you know, until you get saved, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And, which is a whole nother level of unhealthy. But right. that's that's a discussion for another day. But wanted to make sure that we uh got your phone call in here. Alistair, thank you so much for chiming in there. Yeah, the one. Uh, so, the, uh, for whatever reason, this uh, as we we're listening to this, it triggered this thought in me that I find interesting, and I uh, and I think it's more pushing back against that view that we just mentioned of, of total depravity, where we just stop there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, this is me kind of pushing back against that more than anything. So, you know, don't. Alistair, don't mishear me as pushing back against you necessarily. Um, and this is me just thinking out loud, which as an internal processor, I don't do often or well. So forgive me for that as well. Um, but it just kind of struck me as I was thinking about this, like this idea of total depravity apart from God. It just struck me as very abstract all of a sudden because I'm like, but we don't have any frame of reference for that. Like, we mm-hmm. don't exist in a world that is separate from God, right? Exactly. So it's so hard to, like, I, it just, it struck me for whatever reason. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I can't quantify that. I can't analyze that because I can't separate myself from a world in which God is, you know? Right. So it's an interesting, I, I don't know. That's that's all I, that's literally as far as that thought has formed. No, it, it makes sense. Like, thing. I think that's why a lot of, you know, ministers who have relationships with atheists will say like atheists have to have a stronger faith than I do because right, they actually right. have to believe they force themselves to believe that there is nothing in existence. Um, right. and, and whereas, you know, as we've kind of established, it's hard to believe that absolutely everything came from nothing at all. Like it's just here for mm. whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so you're right. And that's that's where I had gone as well, you know, to suggest that um that you can only you can only be good with God suggests that there's ever a point in time, like you were saying, that we are apart from God, which is we're not capable of doing that because he's everywhere and created right. everything. And, you know, if you believe in Amaga Day, then you know, you can't really now I would say that you can try to live against your identity or calling right. as being made in the image of God. But I, I think that people, 
people will find that far more difficult to do. Um, even when they really try hard, there's always something that kind of snaps back, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's at the very end and people will, will fight against that tooth and nail when there's something else going on. So it's just an interesting conversation. For sure. Indeed. Well, guys, we've had a bunch of really heavy episodes in the past couple of weeks. So we think we're actually going to leave you here with a little bit shorter of an episode this week and a little bit lighter topic. Uh, if you guys have feedback, hey, guys, where can they? Where can we send people for feedback? For feedback? To you give us... Email us at... Minmaxpod at gmail.com. Awesome. And... Twitter which I run, so you'll mostly be talking to me, which I'm cool with. Uh, and we're just at MinMaxPod. Correct. We're on Facebook, which I'm not going to even bother saying, because if you know the name of our podcast, you can put <laughs> yeah. it in the search bar. Uh-huh. Um, Instagram. Yep. So that's also at MinMaxPod. We are at MinMaxPod everywhere. Except, Except Reddit, where you can find us as the username Minmax Podcast. And also, we also have a subreddit uh, where you can find us at uh, Minmax Podcast. I'm sorry. Was I going too slowly for you? I was trying to be specific for our listeners. No, I was just <laughs> continuing to build upon your specificity. <laughs> okay. Nice you also, on. we forgot one, well guys. Done. You you guys forgot one. Kyle can get this one because I got all the other ones. What is uh, social medias? <laughs> <laughs> For phone calls less than oh. three minutes, you can send us a voicemail to 773-789-9369. And if you guys have a little bit more of a longer form uh, message that you want to send us, you guys can e- uh, record that on any smart device and send that over to us. I will say if you do send us one in the long form way, we do reserve the right to cut up the call a little bit to sp- uh to uh refine everything down to just kind of the major points. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, I say with that, guys, we will see you next week for episode 48. Goodbye. Later.